The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for fighting. This is for fun. Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here. On the Michael Luke Show, where we have lots of things to discuss, yeah, yeah, lots of things to discuss today. We're going to talk about all the uh, all the good stuff uh, related to the Second Amendment. We're going to get you caught up on the news of things that are happening around the country, and uh, it's going to be a uh, well, it's got to be a heck of a day, heck of a day, uh, and. Uh, that's that's what's happening here uh, this morning uh, on the program. We are going to, um, I'm sorry, I'm just typing something here that I had to type. We're going to dive into this and give you uh, all the details on things that took place this week, including the tragedy over there at Michigan State. Um, and some of the aftermath will give you some of the rundown on it and how, um, you know, how some of these things could have been prevented. That's uh, that's going to be one of the discussions and talking points today. Plus, the news media is continued. Uh, I, I guess I would say willful ignorance um, or just plain out bias. I mean, however you want to say it, that's what uh, that's what we're covering today uh, on the program. Uh, plus, we're going to open up the phone lines and we're going to take your calls. It's going to be gun Q and A. All day today, gun Q and A. All day, we're going to discuss everything that we can uh, get our hands on, uh, and see what you guys have to say, and talk about uh, those things related to the Second Amendment and more. So that's uh, the plan? Question mark? <laughs> that's the plan? Question? No, I mean that's that's the plan. That's what we're going to be doing. And we're going to dive into it and uh, uh, get on it here in just a hot second. Coming up in the second half of the show, near the end of the show, we will be joined by none other than our friend Willie Waffle, who will come in for the weekend movie reviews. He's going to come in and share with us his thoughts <clears throat> Excuse me on... Uh, the entertainment scene, some of the hot news stories, and, of course, reviews on a couple big movies, including the latest Marvel flick, which I'm kind of excited about because I really enjoy Paul Rudd. And that would be the Ant-Man uh, Ant and the Wasp movie, Quantum, Quantum Mania. 
so we'll get the we'll get the the sitch from uh, Willie. He's got a chance to see because he's a fancy movie critic. He gets a chance to see all these movies early, and uh, so he's going to give us the rundown on it and tell us uh, tell us like it is. Tell us like what you know what's going to be going on. So looking forward to that here uh, later on in the program this morning. Uh, meanwhile. I guess we should just, uh, well, first, I guess we should open up the phone lines uh, because, again, Q&A all day. You want to talk about anything. You want to discuss things. And, you know, here's the thing. If you want to disagree and maybe you've just tripped across the show this morning out of the blue and you're like, no, I think you're wrong. I think that uh, we need to have more more gun control and I think you're wrong and why and this is the time to sit down and talk about it. Uh, I'm here to discuss it with you in a calm, cool, rational manner, um, and we'll uh, we'll we'll discuss it. Um, I wa- that's I mean I'd I'd love to hear from somebody who is on the opposite side to have a uh, <clears throat> to have a uh, again a calm, cool, rational discussion on it and why. Um, uh, so the phones are open for that as well today. If you'd like to be part of it, feel free to give us a ring. Uh, the number to call is 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. And of course, this hour of the program is being sponsored by our friends at Satellite West. Satellite West. From Delta to Dillingham, from Kodiak to Ketchumac, from Manchumana to Metlakatla, wherever you are in the state, um, you can stay connected with the help of your friends at Satellite West. Whether it's through uh, voice over the telephone, whether it's sending text messages, checking your email, surfing the internet, whatever it is, the folks at Satellite West have got a huge a uh, selection of items and technology and things that will help you stay connected no matter where you are around the state of Alaska or, quite honestly, around the world. So special thanks to Satellite West for sponsoring the program this morning and uh, for being part of the show. Again, phone lines now open 907-433-3150. We'd love to hear from you this morning. All right, well, <clears throat> let's dive into uh, some of the headlines uh, as we continue the discussions uh, this morning of a Second Amendment nature. And, of course, we need to start off with the tragedy that took place on Monday night, which was the uh, shooting, unexpected, unprovoked shooting uh, that took place at Mich- at the campus of Michigan State University. Um Initially, there was not a lot of details that came out about this. Uh, it turned out that <clears throat> three people had been killed and five people had been injured as a man entered Berkeley Hall. A 43-year-old man entered Berkeley Hall at about 8.18 8, p.m. And at some point after entering Berkeley Hall, uh, he started he started shooting. Um, he then moved on. Two people were killed initially in Berkeley Hall, and then he moved to the neighboring Union Building, where an additional person was shot and killed. And then there again, five people who were seriously injured and were in critical condition at the local hospital. The man had no connection at all by uh, to the to the school itself. 
The suspect was later confronted by police uh, in Lansing, Michigan, and he took his own life after being confronted by a police officer. Now, the problem, uh, of course, uh, with this whole thing is that immediately after this tragedy struck, and make no mistake about it, this is a tragedy. This is a, uh, I mean, this is horrific, absolutely horrific. I don't, I do not want to lose the plot on that point throughout this entire morning discussion that we're about to have about this. Okay. This was tragic. I will also say that this whole thing was 100% preventable if we'd been doing some things that we've been talking about for many years, but we'll, we'll get to that here. Um, we'll get to that here in just a little bit. A couple things though, that just really just leap out at me in regards to, because whenever something like this happens, we have a discussion about it and I try and make the point that we have to learn from these incidences. You know, we're not, we're we're not uh, dissecting it for the pure, um, you know, kind of morbid enjoyment of it or anything. We're trying to learn how do we avoid these things? How do we, you know, what what are the lessons that have been taught? What are the takeaways from things like this? Other than the fact, obviously, that it's a tragedy and horrific. Don't want to lose that again. But first and foremost, one of the first things that came to my mind and uh, later on is discussed, has been discussed by several uh, commentators or news media outlets, is the fact that the shooter <clears throat> chose to go out onto the campus of Michigan State University. And it appears that there were a couple reasons for that. First and foremost is that it is a there were a lot of people there. It is a high-density area with a lot of young people, a lot of folks there stacked into very close proximity um, it, within a very you know short space, a very small space. The density of human, of, uh, essentially for the gunman targets, was very high. The second part is that Michigan uh, Michigan State University, the campus, all the buildings, everything else, is very proudly a gun-free zone. Now, we know that the gunman had no affiliation, no connections to the school at all, that this probably wasn't just a, I'm driving by and I decided to shoot. It's because probably he was looking for a target-rich environment that would offer him absolutely no resistance because what happened when he was confronted by resistance, when he was confronted by police, he was, he was confronted by a single officer about three hours after the incident. They, uh, they, uh, uh, had wanted to speak to him because he appeared to match the surveillance image that was captured by the surveillance cameras, uh, at the campus. And so they pulled his vehicle over uh, apparently because he matched the description. And at that point he took his own life. He, that was the only resistance he faced. And the moment he faced resistance, he ended his own life, which we know statistically and historically is the case for the vast majority of mass shooters that the moment that they encounter any kind of resistance, they'll scamper back into a little hole and they'll shoot themselves. 
because they're essentially cowards. That's the bottom line. They are essentially cowards who want to lash out at the world, make their statement, hurt as many people as possible. But the second that a stumbling block gets placed in front of them, the vast, I mean, 80, 90 percent of them, they immediately back up into the corner and they shoot themselves because they don't want to face the consequences of their actions. So that's the first thing that I think that we're learning from this shooting is that, again, yet again, um, the entire situation um, could have been avoided by having armed citizens or citizens being able to arm themselves on campus. Now, whether that is college-age students who, uh, I mean, when I was college-age, I carried a gun everywhere I went. Always have, always, I mean, I've been carrying a gun since I was 18 years old. So I always carried a gun wherever I went. Never had a problem with it, was, I guess, mature enough to do it, or professors, or armed security guards, or something. If you wanted to avoid this, you could have hardened the target by making it more, um, you know, making it uh, basically less appealing to somebody who wanted to go in and shoot a bunch of unarmed people. And we could see this time and time and time again. The only time that this whole that this whole streak of gun-free zone killing stopped was in the Greenville Mall when another citizen had decided to essentially flout the law, break the law, and carry his concealed firearm into the mall, and he Mozambique-drilled the shooter and, uh, and stopped him cold, stopped him dead, saving the lives of who knows how many people. Again, that proves my point yet again that if you harden these targets and stop with this ridiculous gun-free zone nonsense, you would give the shooters pause. And all it's going to take is for a few of these places to start, you know, removing the whole gun-free zone mantra. And again, it's like the solution of, you know, it's a it's it's that it's that meme you see of the guy with two voting buttons, right? Where he's sweating and he can't decide which ones to do. I mean, if a shooter is going to go someplace and you say one place is no guns, people all packed together, nobody can fight back, and on the other side, you know, people people all packed together, lots of them, but some of them have guns. Which one is he going to choose if he's a mass shooter and decides he wants to go out and do that? Obviously, he's going to choose the one that says all the people packed together and no guns to slow him down. I mean, shooters have written in their manifestos, in their diaries, in the planning of the shootings that they took place, that they chose their targets because they were gun-free zones and they wouldn't be stopped. That's it. I mean, that's just insane that we continue to let this stuff happen over and over again. We refuse to talk about the major commonality in all of these incidents. Well, they want to talk about the fact that all of these incidents had guns. Um, okay, not all incidents of mass murder revolve around guns. The majority of them do. No problem with that. But what is the other commonality amongst all of them nearly every one of them takes place in a gun-free zone where law-abiding citizens because they are law-abiding have decided not to arm themselves and they are unable to defend themselves when the yogurt hits the oscillating rotor when push comes to shove they cannot stop the shooter 
except for the rare occasions where people who are completely unarmed throw their bodies on top of other people. They throw themselves at the shooter uh, in a vain or, you know, usually vain attempt to try and stop them and slow them down. And it's just, it's devastating. It is absolutely devastating because this gun-free zone non uh, nonsense continues to persist in America today. I mean, that's the commonality right there, folks. We, we, we need to take a lesson from the Greenville Mall Good Samaritan, quite honestly. And that is, is that when the law is stupid, we, when the law is stupid, it makes no sense. We have a duty to still protect ourselves and do the things that we need to do. And, um, you know, we have a, we have a duty to, in fact, break that law. To be able to protect ourselves and others. Because, and again, if we're not being bad people and it's concealed, because concealed means concealed, means you can't see it, then Who's ever going to know? And just like the Greenville Mall shooter, we'll discover something. We'll discover that, uh, you know, when push comes to shove, nobody's going to care that you are breaking the law if you slow down and stop a mass shooter and prevent a bunch of people from being killed. Nobody's going to be talking to you about breaking the mall's rules about bringing a gun in. All right, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. All right. <clears throat> in the break. Uh, just I'm so agitated by this whole thing where every one of them, um, you know, they go into these... They go to these gun-free zones, and they just, they have a field day. They they have a field day where they absolutely just, you know, are they run amok with no resistance, especially if they're armed, you know, with something like a rifle or something like that where it's just, uh, it's just so frustrating. Just so frustrating. Oh. Yep, lots of snow this weekend. Uh, they already said that there's a big front moving in up the Aleutian chain, moving from southwest to south central, and then it's going to end up down in southeast. Uh, but the peninsula, oof, they're going to get a dump. They're going to get a dump, and uh, we are getting uh, a lot here as well. Supposed to be three to four snow inches of snow in Anchorage today, tomorrow, today, today. I don't know. I'm supposed to drive in in a 90 minutes, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, we'll see what it. We'll see what it looks like. Um, is the audio choppy for anyone else? Well, it's not choppy for me. <laughs> the audio sounds great to me. Sounds really good right here. That's all good. Um, all right. Get woke, go broke. Um, let's see. It only took MD six months to get three pair. What was I getting? Getting three pair of what? 
It only took Michael Dukes th- six months to get three pair of something. I don't know exactly what I was getting three pair of, but, you know. Um, $100 billion for Ukraine. Biden turned down disaster aid for Ohio. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the shooter was also black. Haven't heard much on the story since they announced it. He had two firearms. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of amazing um, what was going on there. Um, and we'll, we'll get into a little bit here of some of the psychology of what was happening and how some of that could have been prevented. If the mall was a gun-free zone, is that a law or a rule for private property? Well, it depends. In the state of Alaska, if the mall's policy is no guns on, on you know, has a posted thing of no guns, then by Alaska law, that is the law, right? Then you are breaking Alaska statute by going into a place that has a posted policy that says no guns on this property. You're breaking the law. Not only is it a policy of the bank, but Alaska law backs that up. So it just depends on how the law in, you know, Greenfield or where Green, you know, wherever it was, how, whatever the law was. But it was very prominently posted in that mall that it was a gun-free zone. And yet you heard the mall owners in their press release praise the kid for coming in and being armed, essentially. It was we read it after that happened. Um what are the rules at the mall now in Greenville? I don't know. I'm curious myself. I wondered that later on. Like, how does that work? How does that, you know? Um, we should be start making gun-filled zone where everyone is required to carry firearms and surround the gun-free zone. <laughs> oh, Dillingham to Dead Horse, the satellite west spot. Oh, those are my three pair. I finally got three pair. Well, you know, the thing was, I was always trying to string like three or four of the same together. And then I'm like, that's just ridiculous. I'm sure I could if I had a list of all the places in Alaska, but I just decided to make make it do that there. The audio is dragging occasionally. Maybe that's me because I haven't had enough coffee. I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see. All right. Um, we've got, uh, oh, we've got about 40 seconds to go here. Um I don't know. I'm just just so flustered by this whole thing with the whole gun-free zones and everybody. And, of course, everybody just jumps on board. They just jump on board with both feet when this stuff happens. And I don't know what to say uh, because they always propose things that are never going to work, would have made no difference at all in this case, and then some. But let's... uh, Let's get it going on. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Like it, share, like it, share, like it, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, and let's do it. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider The Michael Dukes Show Assault Radio? (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. That's right. If we make you unhappy and we hurt your feelings... It could be classified as assault radio, I guess. I mean, if I hit you with a stick of bro- stick of butter, would that be assault butter? I don't know. All right, well, we're continuing on now our discussions this morning on um, 
this shooting down in Michigan that took place on Monday. Uh, and the reason I'm kind of getting into it is, is we're trying to learn some lessons. Um, you know, trying to learn some lessons from, you know, what happened, how, how do we prevent it? You know, what can we as gun owners do? What should be the positions that we take politically or on specific issues to try and stop this? And again, the biggest issue of all of these things, in my mind, is the fact that they have created all of these soft targets across the country, um, anywhere that they, you know, almost every university campus in America is a soft target. Every one. I mean, how many shootings have, have taken place? How many? What What about the knifing at Idaho State University where the guy went around and murdered a bunch of people with a knife? You know, no way to defend themselves. You know, Univers- Virginia Tech. The, the, the MP- how many how many of these? Um, you know, how, how many of these places do we need to have be attacked before we realized that the problem is, is that we are creating a tremendous number of soft targets. So that's the first thing. The second part about this is that uh, we're learning a lot more now. We found out more about this shooter and the Washington Free Beacon has got a whole article uh, on this that uh, it turns out that the Michigan shooter had felony gun possession charges dismissed by one of the progressive prosecutors that had popped in um, uh, in the uh, in the early teen in the late teens of 2018-2019 that the shooter in 2019 had been charged with illegally carrying a concealed handgun without a permit. But those charges were later dismissed by the office of Ingham County Prosecutor Carol Simon. Her office instead let McCray plead guilty to a lesser misdemeanor gun charge, and all he got was a year of probation. Um, and this is the residue of the actions of one of these progressive prosecutors who basically turned around and went soft on crime. Simon retired from the prosecutor, uh, prosecutor's office at the start of this year, 2023, after facing criticism from judge and law enforcement off, uh, officers and officials for her soft on crime policy. The same year that the shooter was released, Ingham County Sheriff Scott Wigglesworth pushed East Lansing County City Council to reconsider the internal felony firearm charge policy that Simon, the prosecutor, had put in place because he said it does. And this seems to be working. So let's try that. Uh, How about now? How about them? How about that? How about there now? Whole world comes to an end, comes to an abrupt and screaming silence. Is that it? Now you can hear us? Fantastic. Glad you can hear me. Damn it. Donut King in Wasilla, home to some of America's best donuts, just keeps getting better. They're proud to announce the return of their head donut baker, Jared, whose sole purpose at Donut King is making donuts great again. Veteran-owned and operated, making more than 70 varieties of handmade, hand-iced donuts fresh every day. And do not forget to stop in and get a King's Dozen for work or for your special event. 
Donut? See what I did? Donut King, making donuts great again. 490 North Main in Wasilla, or find them on Facebook. Yeah, I don't know what's, uh... Yeah, I don't know what happened, man. I mean, just all of a sudden I look up and I see that none of the bars and meters and everything else are moving. I am broadcasting on the radio, which, quite honestly, is the most important thing. I was continuing to broadcast on the radio, but everything else on the computer just said, (coughs) no, sorry. Nobody, sorry. Nobody needs that many donuts. Sacrilege. I, I can't even repeat the rant at this point. I'll try and regroup a little bit and repeat the rant here in just a minute. Um, but it was uh, it was epic. It was fantastic. But my recording crashed too. I mean, I I lost audio to the I lost everything. I lost everything. Okay, bringing back the face. Nobody needs to see the face this early in the morning. Here we go. We're jumping into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Like and share. Like and share. Like and follow. Let's do it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. (laughs) Pinch of intellect. Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes. Yeah. Okay. Technical issues aside. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what happened. Somewhere along the line there, everything just quit. Except for the radio, which, I mean, I think maybe the radio people are grateful for. I know the radio stations are grateful for it, but lost sound everywhere else. So let me rewind for just a minute here, and I'll go back to what I was talking about, which uh, I'm not quite sure where I left off in the silence, but we talked about the gun-free zones, and then we talked about the other things that could have been done. The other things that could have been done, including incarcerating this piece of human excrement, right? This guy who uh, was charged with carrying a concealed weapon in violation of state law and doing all this. But the soft on crime prosecutor decided that we just we can't do that. That would be that would be wrong. That would be basically what did she say? She said the sentencing enhancement led to dramatic racial inequality. And was not in any way linked to the goal that we share of keeping the public safe. Well, wait a minute. If they're doing the crime, does it really, does it not? I mean, what happened to judging a person based on the content of their character and not the color of their skin? If you commit the crime, does it really matter what color you are or what race or what religion or what creed or what gender? Does it really matter? You're going to be softer on one group of people because there may be a per se a perceived inequity based on their race, but they did the same thing as somebody else. It's I mean it's insane. This prosecutor, by the way, retired after tremendous pressure from judges, law enforcement, and other officials because of her soft on crime policy. Her replacement. The prosecutor who replaced her in Michigan said he's already set about toughening up the the, uh, charges for repeat offenders. And he told the Washington Free Beacon that the shooter, 
would not have been able to legally purchase, own, or possess a firearm if he had been convicted of carrying the concealed weapon, the charge that she let him get out of. So we got some blame going on there, right? Oh, but it gets worse. It gets worse. Because, you see, NBC News interviewed the father of the shooter, which he goes into the story of, oh, he was a good old boy. He was a good. I don't care. I don't care. May he rot in hell. All right. I don't care about this guy. I don't care that he loved his mother. I don't care that he was a mama's boy. I don't care that all this stuff happened. What I care about is some of the other incidences. But, I mean, they go through this whole thing after his mom died because his mom was his best friend. Maybe that's part of the problem. Parents should treat their children like adults and, you know, and raise. They're not you're not they're not your friends. They're your children. Maybe that's part of the problem. Forty three years old. The guy his mom dies. And he was grieving, and he he wouldn't let go. He got bitter and bitter and bitter, and then he just started getting evil and mean. He quit his jobs where he worked at a warehouse loading appliances into delivery trucks and stayed in his room all day playing video games. 43 years old, living at home. Again, maybe another red flag. And so then he decided to take his grief out on everybody else. That's what this is about. But here's the kicker. Here is the absolute kicker on this. Multiple times over the summer. I mean, neighbors said that they'd grown alarmed at some of this guy's behavior, including using his backyard as a target practice range. Multiple times over the summers, neighbors complained that the young shooter had apparently fired shots outside of his home. One of his neighbors, who lives nearby, said he was firing a firearm right out the back door of the house into the yard. She said, we're, we're right in the city. You shouldn't be firing a firearm in the middle of the city. Now, it's unclear why police never arrested or cited the guy for discharging a firearm in a residential setting. But apparently the complaints never triggered an official response from law enforcement. Remember, this is the guy who had already dodged a bullet on a concealed carry charge, and now he's blasting away out of his back door in a residential neighborhood. I I mean, this is, this, again, all the active shooters that we've seen, all these things that have been going on, there was a Secret Service report, and this was brought up by one of the Parkland dads, Ryan Petty, who I don't know if you've you've watched Ryan Petty speak, but he's an amazing person. He has overcome the tragedy of the death of his child and is able to come out and say the gun the gun control stuff doesn't make any sense. Stop making it about that. But as he points out, the suspect shares many commonalities with other active shooters. The Secret Service recently released a report detailing their examination of nearly 200 incidents of targeted violence that documents some of the red flags raised by a number of the perpetrators. I mean, gun-free zones should be right at the top of the list. Right at the top of the list. But they say most of the attackers had exhibited behavior that elicited concern of family members, friends, neighbors, classmates, coworkers, and others. 
In many cases, those individuals feared for the safety of themselves or others around this person. Many attackers had a history of physically aggressive or intimidating behaviors evidenced by prior criminal, violent criminal arrests or charges, domestic violence or everything else. Half of the attackers were motivated by grievances and were retaliating for perceived wrongs. Most of the attackers used firearms and many of those firearms were possessed illegally at the time of the attack. One quarter of the attackers subscribe to a belief system involving conspiracies or hate ideologies. Many attackers experience stressful events across various life domains, including family, romantic relationships, deaths, personal issues, employment, legal issues. And over half the attackers experienced mental health symptoms prior to or times of attack, including depression, psychotic symptoms, or suicidal thoughts. Concerning behavior, check. Specific triggering event, death of his mom, check. Mental health systems, check. Is this a gun problem or is this a different kind of problem? And what would you have done to stop it and make it different? No idea. No, they have no idea. Well, their answers are always the same, right? Their answers are always the same. Their answers are, well, we need a gun registry and we need a universal background checks and we need, you know, safe storage laws and we need a magazine capacity ban and we need all these things. None of those would have stopped this shooting or any other shooting that I can think of right now. Because, again, I will point out the fact that one of the big things, one of the big findings here. Most attackers use a firearm, and many of those firearms were possessed illegally at the time of the attack. A huge number of those, a hu it's, it's, it's a majority, over 50%, were illegally possessed at the time of the attack. So is it really about the guns, or is it about something? What can we do differently? Well, Maybe we could charge people, stop making it a revolving door and making plea deals with people so they don't become the felon and get the gun charge. So you do make it a little harder for them to get a gun. Maybe you put them in prison for what they're doing. I mean, again, the Parkland shooter, he had 20 plus interactions with local law enforcement, plus over a dozen interactions with the FBI, the feds. And these were not happy, shake-hand interactions, people. These were, we're going to arrest you, or there's been a complaint, or something. They, this guy is a known, the guy, the Parkland guy, a known issue. And we've seen that time and time and time again. Where they just ignore everything else, and they're like, well, we're shocked. Shocked, I tell you, that this guy snapped and went out and killed a bunch of people. Are you? Are you really? So what's the answer? The answer, of course, is to create more gun laws that, again, only affect lawful, law-abiding citizens. Again, it was already illegal to take a gun onto the campus of Michigan State University. It was already illegal to plan and execute a plan to murder a bunch of people. And yet this guy had already decided to do it. So your one extra law is going to do absolutely zero to stop it. 
Zero. To stop it. It's just, it's insane. Am I suggesting red flag laws? No. What I'm suggesting is that we have a mental health crisis in this country. And that some of this stuff should have been suborned much earlier than where it's at now. I'm not suggesting red flag laws. There are already other laws on the books where if somebody's a danger to themselves or others, you can, you know, have them involuntary commitment or have them, you know, there are other things you can do. Red flag laws are going to be weaponized. We've already seen that happen. What I'm suggesting is we need to change the conversation, that this is a conversation that is more about uh, really about people's mental health and how they deal with it and the effectiveness of law enforcement. Again, we wouldn't have need if he had been prosecuted, we wouldn't need red flag laws. Right. They let him go. He walked. He's blasting away in his backyard. That's illegal. I mean, any lawful gun owner. In a, you know, would know that you don't just, you know, I guess common sense lawful gun owner would not, would would not, uh, would not uh, stand for somebody blasting away in a neighborhood with a firearm. I certainly wouldn't. There are many points of failure, many points of failure. And, and it's not, again, it's not just the firearm. We had the Idaho state, uh, the knife thing, where the guy went out and killed a bunch of uh, kids with a knife. You know, we got the people who were mowing people down with cars and trucks, uh, the U-Haul thing recently, and, of course, the October, remember that, when it was Halloween and they ran over a bunch of kids with a, with a, with a pickup truck and stuff like that. I don't see anybody talking about the vehicles in those things. I don't see anybody talking about taking away your knives, but it's always the gun's fault and all these other things. Just one more law will fix it, of course. Criminals, by their very definition, break the law. If if you come away with nothing else, understand that. And then by adding one more layer of law, all you're doing is creating a more, a richer target environment for criminals. Because law-abiding people who want to be, they want to be law-abiding, I'm a law-abiding citizen, they will follow the law, no matter how stupid it is, no matter how it doesn't fix anything, and all you've done is create more targets for criminals who don't care and laugh about it. That's all you're doing. We gotta go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio, Hour 2, Dead Ahead. Forty-three years old, forty-three years old, living in his mom's house, and and you know, best friends with his mom. And, and again, I'm I'm not here to tell you how to parent, but if you, uh, well, I am here to tell you how to parent. If your kids are your best friends, you're not doing it right. 
right? I mean, that's kind of the whole peace, love, dope, hippie movement thing of, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to harsh them, man. I want them to be my best friends. No, they're children. You need to put some boundaries on there and put some controls in there and teach them right from wrong and do all that. I love my children, but none of them are my best friends. And in fact, sometimes they probably don't think that I'm their friend because I have put boundaries on there and strictures that they may not like. 43 years old, sitting around playing video games all day. My God. And no, I am not. I am not advocating. A couple of people have said, you're bouncing up against red flags. Are you suggesting red? No, I am not. I'm saying there are so many warning signs on this guy that somebody should have said something. And mostly it's from the criminal side. I mean, he broke the law. He got the pass. He's shooting out the back door. The police didn't come. What the hell? What would you like him to skywrite that I am a psycho and I'm about to go do some mass shooting stuff? Is that what you'd rather see? I mean, yeah. Oh, his mom was his best friend. He loved his mom. His mom was his best friend. Well, too bad she's in heaven and he's in hell now, right? I mean, you know, just, I'm supposing. Too bad. I don't care. I don't give a sh- I just don't care about what his, how hard his life was or whatever, anything else. If you're, suck it up, buttercup. Life is not fair. Or as the Duke used to say, life is tough. It's a lot tougher if you're stupid. Just because you're hurting doesn't mean you lash out and kill a bunch of people and then take your own life anyway. Why don't you, you know what? Just go suck start a Harley and, you know, kill yourself and get it over with if that's how you feel. I mean, if if that's what... Do it. Don't. Why do you lash out at everybody else? Or get some help. I mean, yeah. So irritated. It, 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 the whole thing, and, and anytime I see an interview with a parent of somebody who's done something wrong, It's like Johnny, you know, Johnny was a perfect angel. He was on the football squad. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. He was a valedictorian. He was such a smart boy. Why was he in Joe Smith's house robbing his wife at gunpoint or, you know, stealing stuff or beating the children or doing, you know, he got in with a bad group. So he was a thug. All that other stuff that you're saying that may be good stuff is all counteracted by the fact that he's a thug. How to cook a chicken. Part one. Make sure that the interior temperature reaches 165 degrees. The end. That's the answer. That's a that's the book. That's the whole thing right there. <laughs> Sorry. Somebody, I know that was random for people listening on the stream. They're like, what? Hmm. Uh, 
Um, you can only do so much as a parent. At some point, they have to make their own choices. Yes. Yes, I agree. That is 100%, 100% truth. That, um, you know, at some point, I mean, we've all had it, especially if you've got children who are in their early 20s, late teens, early 20s. And you're like, oh, no, don't, don't do that. And you you try and talk to them and you try and, and I'm like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm trying to tell you what I've done in the past and how I've made those mistakes. And I just don't want you to repeat them. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, we got it. Thanks dad. And then you're like, but they're, they got to make their own mistakes. They got to make their own mistakes. That's, that's it. You can't do anything else. But to treat them like, oh, they're my best friends. My children are my best. When I talk to parents sometimes, and I've talked to a few people over there, like, oh, my kids are my best friends. I just look at them and go, hmm, really? Mm hmm. You're going to have problems because they don't need a best friend. They need a parent who will teach them about boundaries, who will teach them about limitations, who will teach them about work ethic and other things, things that a best friend won't do. Best friend will do lots of things for you, but they won't teach you about those things. You need a parent for that. Just saying. This guy decided it was best to go and kill a bunch of other people instead of dealing with his own pain. Because, you know. All right. um, We're going to jump back into this. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Do all the youtube things. Let's go. Phone lines are open. Apparently, I've scared everybody off today. Back with more after this. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Kinshaw. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for the This is for the Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. Broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station. And or FM translator. Hi, how are you, and welcome to the show for today. Hour two 
of the big radio broadcast. We're continuing our discussions on uh, issues surrounding the Second Amendment. We've been talking about the thing that happened at Michigan State and lessons learned. And unfortunately, there's really not a whole lot of new lessons to be learned here. They are the same old lessons that we've heard time and time again in a variety, including I mean, we're right on, this is the anniversary of the Parkland shooting, right? This week is the anniversary of the Parkland shooting. And it's exactly some of the same lessons that we learned from Parkland and Virginia Tech and the Pulse Nice Club shooting and the San, and the one in San, San, uh, was San Bernardino and the other. It's the same lessons over and over and over again. And it's frustrating that we keep coming to these same lessons. And, of course, the answer from the left continues to be, well, we just need to disarm everyone because reasons. We need to disarm them because then the criminals wouldn't be able to, wait, criminals break the law? Well, what then? Well, we need to disarm everyone else. Then if the criminals do it, they'll feel really bad because now they knew that they were breaking the law and getting those... Shut your freaking pie hole. Right? I mean, these are the same lessons. Creating gun-free zones, target-rich environments, right? Where the psychos have actually written in their diaries and their manifestos and their plans about how they plan to go to these places specifically because there's no one that can fight back. How most of these people have had interactions with law enforcement or with healthcare professionals who knew that they were wrong or that the government fell down on their responsibility. I'm thinking about like the Sutherland Spring shooter where he was he had been a dishonorable discharge from the Air Force and it never got reported or recorded correctly. So he passed his Nick's background check. That's a disqualifier, by the way. It's a disqualifier for you to be able to do or for all the interactions that the Parkland shooter had with uh, the law enforcement over time and all this other kind of stuff. Or the Virginia Tech shooter who had his interactions with his uh, with his mental health providers. And they said, this kid is dangerous. Never reported it, never got it into the system. He was able to go down and buy a gun. And so what is offered as a solution to all this? Universal background checks. When, again, the majority of these people got their guns illegally to begin with. The shooter for Newtown killed his mom, stole her gun. What's the other choice? Oh, of course, um, we should uh, we should reduce the capacity magazine capacity size. The Virginia Tech shooter had had 10 round magazines. He just had a lot of them and he had a lot of time because it was a gun free zone and he could go around and reload at his leisure. What other what other solutions? Oh, safe storage laws. Yeah. Mm hmm. Back to Newtown. Kid broke into his mom's gun safe because she was probably lax with the security on the gun safe, stole her AR, killed her and then killed a bunch of kids. Safe storage laws. That'll fix it. Assault rifles. uh, That's the problem. More people are stabbed or kicked or bludgeoned or beaten than are ever killed with rifles in this country in any given year. Usually it's two to one, sometimes higher. 
So that's not going to stop an appreciable amount of shooters. What is the solution? Stop giving these people a pass when it comes to interactions with law enforcement. If there is a mental health issue or mental health challenge, there needs to be a way for those folks to, you know, work with them or maybe, again, find ways to get them a different type of help. The government should do better at its job of one interaction with these people. I mean, again, my mind is blown. And the number between, I keep coming back to it today, but it's, it's just so fresh in my mind, the Parkland shooter. Between local and federal law enforcement, he had over 30 interactions in the course of a very short couple of years with them. They knew him. I mean, they, like, they know this guy. He's a loose cannon. They know that. And nothing happened. So harden up the interactions when something like that happens and, you know, Deal with it there. And, of course, the gun-free zones. That's the biggest thing is the gun-free zones. And, and I, so I, I just, I made the comment many years ago that said, rest assured that if you're with me, you are not in a gun-free zone. Because I refuse to, I just refuse to participate in that insanity. I just refuse. Because it makes no sense. If you create all these gun-free zones, you are creating an opportunity for not only chaos, but for potential you know, negligence, accidents, um, theft. You know, if I'm a criminal and I know that people can't go into a bank, for example, with a firearm in a state that allows concealed carry, and I'm looking for a gun... Hell, I'll just park outside of a bank and watch people. Do they look like they're disarming themselves before they get out of the car and go into the bank? Is it visible? Do I watch them walk back around to the trunk and take their firearm out, you know, surreptitiously and put it in the trunk? I'm going to get me a gun. You're opening up opportunities for bad things to happen. If they can be counted on to be to lawfully and legally carry a gun in society, it should be pretty much everywhere. Not this patchwork. So unfortunately, the lessons that we're learning here are exactly the same lessons that we have learned from every other mass shooting in the last 30 years. Every one of them. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's absolutely insane. The problem is not the guns. The problem is the people. The problem is the behavior. The problem is the way that society has dealt with people who have these issues. That's the problem. The problem is a mental health problem as well. We're not nearly as stigmatized today as we were 30 years ago about mental health, but we've got to find a way to help people who don't necessarily want to help themselves because of their mental health problems. 
But stop blaming the guns and stop acting like what you're proposing is some kind of silver bullet that's going to fix the whole the fix the whole thing. I mean, look at the Democratic response. The Democratic response in the state of Michigan is all was I mean, it was the next day. It was already up and running. Michigan Democrats are considering speeding up passage of new gun legislation in the state following the shooting on Monday evening. The new drive would be one of the first significant tests of the Democratic Party's governance of the state. Blah, 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 blah. What are they going to try to do? She said during her State of the State address, that's Gretchen Whitmer, the Democratic governor of Michigan, said that she wants to send gunmakers three laws, three gun safety measures, her way to enact universal background checks, allow extreme risk protection orders, red flag laws, and uh, basically institute safe storage requirements. Well, Let's talk about that. Universal background checks. He got the guns because he that because they didn't deem that he was felon worthy, I guess. So he would have passed a background check. Extreme risk protection orders. You all you had him in your hands. He was shooting out the back door of his house. There were things you could have done already. Just one more thing that's going to be weaponized against people like probably me or others who are outspoken about the second amendment we've already seen it, we've already seen red flag laws be weaponized people have already died over it because a family member they got into a squabble with a family member so the family member narks on them or swats them with an extreme risk protection order and they get killed in the process something by the way that has no due process that is complete abrogation of your constitutional rights or safe storage laws, because, you know, oh, I was going to go out and kill a bunch of people today, but I forgot the combination of my gun safe. Thank God. Safe storage laws. Again, all I got to Newtown. That's all I got to say. Safe storage laws. I say Newtown. That's the only it's the only thing you got to say on that whole deal. Safe storage laws mean nothing. Now, would that stop maybe negligent or accidental deaths with safe storage laws? Possibly. You know, you wouldn't see kids be able to get into it. But as we saw with Newtown, the kid obviously knew what mom's combo was. I mean, he didn't have an oxyacetylene torch and a crowbar breaking into that safe. He knew how to get into it. So these three things, these are going to save us, would not have affected this shooting in any way. In fact, 99 times out of 100, the things that they propose, magazine bans, uh, assault weapons bans, gun registries, universal background checks, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, safe storage, all these things would not have stopped any of the shooting. Because, again, remember the remember the core principle here. Criminals, by their very definition, break the law. And so you could put one more, you know, how about we just have a law that specifically states that it is against the law to be a mass shooter. And just put it in plain language. No legalese about homicide or this or manslaughter or any, just basically a law that just says it is illegal, punishable by death to be a mass shooter. You, you think that's going to have any effect? Remember, 99 out of 100 of these people 
kill themselves at the first sign of any resistance. So do you think that that's going to stop anything? One more law. We only had one more law. We could fix this. It's, 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 it's insane. It's insane that that is their reaction. And what's insane is that these, that these things, these lessons that we can learn from what's going on with these things are so apparent if you will just take the blinders off and look at the, work the problem from the position of the person and not the tool. Work the problem from the position of the people who are doing it and from the environment in which they're doing it in. The gun-free zones, the mental health aspect, people with prior interactions with law enforcement, so many different things that could be done. Same lesson over and over and over. Same thing. Each and every time. Is frustrating. It's so frustrating. I got to tell you, it drives me crazy. All right, we got more coming up. Uh, one more segment. Phone lines are open. I don't know if you guys are just enjoying me rant or you're too scared to call or what. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. All right. <sighs> Dang, I didn't want to get all worked up this morning, but I'm just so f- frustrated by everything that's going on with this. So frustrated. Don't know what I can do. Oh, and then you got the view. Oh, God, I lose my mind. Then you've got the view who talks about this kind of stuff and uh, it immediately turns into a discussion about assault rifles and AR-15s, about how they're weapons of mass destruction. And I'm just like, I don't care about any of you ladies or your opinion. It just doesn't even matter. Uh, Does anybody even watch The View anymore? Apparently they do. Apparently daytime television, the ladies just love it. But, wow. Wow. Okay. (sighs) I'm not scared. I ain't scared of no dukes. I just can't think of what I can say that you haven't said. Well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's frustrating. Like I said, I was looking for somebody to call and, 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 and joust with me this morning, quibble with me, come together. Let's talk about it. Tell me what's going on. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong and explain why. I mean, do that. Come on and tell me what's going on. I don't know. Um, 
If we've learned anything when the government tells you that you don't need a gun, you need a gun. Best thing we can do about go about our business because we're on our own and those idiots are incapable of doing anything to protect the people. I mean, they have no duty to protect, right? Supreme Court already decided that in the, what is it, U.S. v. Rose or Rose versus whoever, LAPD. I can't remember what the name of the case was. But they basically said, police do not have a duty to protect you. That, that you know, I know it says to serve and protect on their cars, but that's, that's not what it, that's not what it means. That's not, it's not a, that's not a contract. They're there to pick up the pieces after the fact. It's up to you to defend yourself. It's your responsibility. It's like the old comment where the guy said, I don't know, it was Jeff Cooper or somebody who said, you know, why do I carry a gun? Because a cop's too heavy. I can't carry a cop. There can't be a police officer on every corner. There can't be one following you around 24 hours a day, nor would you want one. Damn, how did we get to 724 already? It's, uh, it was busy. It was busy. They show up to write the report and spray the blood off the sidewalk. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um... Um, tomorrow, okay, API people in healthcare positions and social services are mandated reporters. Maybe every person that had documented interactions with the people doing these things need to be charged with criminal neglect of some sort. Well, I mean, you know, why aren't they charging the, you know, the, the law enforcement officials in the, in the whole park, park, park uh, land shooting the same way. I mean, again, all those interactions. Same thing, mental health. There's mandated reporting on this stuff. That was the Virginia Tech thing. He was, they didn't report it. He was able to buy the gun. You know, the military and the DOD failing to report properly the Sutherland Spring shooters' dishonorable discharge. The, uh, the naval sh- the naval yard remember the naval yard shooting that guy had already had interactions with both military police and others for discharging firearms in a you know violence with firearms essentially and but that never got in and he was able to go buy more and come back and kill a bunch of people i is it so many le- these are the it's it's like we're on repeat it's like we're watching reruns of the same show over and over and over Okay, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share the show. Like and follow the show page. Let's uh, get things going on, um, and uh, let's, uh, let's do it. Public enema number one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, enemy. Public enemy number one, which makes more sense. On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the, uh, Michael Duke show. Yep, that's me. Just think of it as, just think of it as your mental suppository. All right, you ready to get things going on here? We're down to the, uh, last firearm segment of the show today. We got Willie Waffle coming up here in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, we're going to be jumping it off with him and talking with him about what's, uh, happening. Uh, meanwhile, I'd love to hear what you have to say. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. You think I'm wrong? I'd love to hear it. If you think I'm wrong or even partially wrong, 
I mean, maybe mostly right, partially wrong, or mostly wrong, partially right, I'd love to hear it. Or if you think I'm 100% right, I'd love to hear it. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, are you as frustrated as I am watching the same things unfold over and over again and having them look for the same solutions that it would have absolutely no effect on these kinds of incidences? Or are we ready to start addressing the real problem here? Which, again, includes gun-free zones needing to be pulled back and withdrawn. The idea that if you have interactions with law enforcement and the law says that that should make you a prohibited person, that somebody actually follows through with what they're supposed to do, that's how the system is supposed to work. That we deal with some mental health issues in this country. And more. And and get people the ability to, you know, stop this reliance on the government's going to save us from everything. The government's going to do this. The You know, you are responsible for yourself. There is no responsibility for the government to defend you. I mean, again, there's... Uh, uh, Supreme Court case, it's Rose versus, maybe it was LAPD, maybe it was Washington police. I can't, it was some, some, some plaintiff named Rose basically filed suit and said, the police didn't protect me. That's their responsibility. And the court said, no, we know that it says to serve and protect on the side of their police cars, but that's not a contract. They are actually not responsible for protecting you. They do not have a duty to protect you. As Richard in the chat room said, they show up in time to write the report and spray the, uh, spray the blood off the sidewalk. That's what they're there to. They're there to chalk outline your body afterwards. They have no duty to protect you. And quite honestly, you couldn't. I mean, what is it in New York City? One police officer for every 10,000 citizens? How could they? There's absolutely no way to do it. You have to be responsible for yourself. That's why I get such a kick out of the whole Greenville Mall thing. I mean, not a kick in the way of, no, no, that was a, I, I should not have said it in that phraseology. That's why I find the Greenville Mall shooting thing so eye-opening is because here's somebody who decided to take responsibility for his own actions in violation of the mall policy and potentially state law. I don't know how the law is written down there in Greenville, but. In Alaska, if a business has a sign posted outside that says no concealed firearms allowed in the building, that not only is the policy of the business and the property owner, it's also backed up by state law because state statute says that if there is a sign that says that, then you it is illegal for you to go in there and do that. But here's a guy that decided to take responsibility for his own safety and to violate the policy of the mall, and in doing so, being a law-abiding citizen outside of that, that little hiccup, he was able to save who knows how many people's lives. And he, I mean, that, that whole example is the epitome of, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six, right? That's, if you, I don't know if you've ever heard that. It's an old saying, rather be judged by 12 than carried by six, meaning I'd rather face a jury of 12 of my peers than have to be carried by six of my closest friends in a coffin because I didn't do the right thing. 
and what happened to the young man in Greenville? Did the mall prosecute him for violating their policy and trespass him from the property? No, they wrote him a glowing thank you for protecting their patrons because they were incapable of protect. That's the thing. You walk into one of these big places, a movie theater or this or that, and they're like, well, there's no guns. Well, okay, so there's no guns allowed in here. So where's my personal security guard? You're, you're, you're guaranteeing my safety, right? You're guaranteeing that if I'm on your premises and you're not allowing me to carry a firearm, then you're going to assign a personal security guard to me and my family to keep us safe in case something happens, right? No? Oh, well, I'm not waiving your liability. And, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. This is... <sighs> and, again, I would just like to point out that if you are carrying concealed, the key, the key word in that phrase is concealed. Who's to know? Question mark. Who's to know? Question mark. Uh, I mean, this is insane. I'm not saying you will ever, ever have to use your firearm. You may never, ever have to use your firearm for any reason whatsoever. But by God, I would sure, I would sure be disappointed if I needed one and didn't have one. I would sure be disappointed. And if I could have helped or stopped, if I could have been in a situation like the Greenville Mall thing, I would feel pretty foolish. Even if I survived, I would, well, I think that would be even worse if I knew that I could have stopped it. But I didn't. I don't know how you, I don't know how you'd live with that. God forbid somebody you know or love is, you know. Yeah, Tawny says I should get a new shirt that says, I'm not waiving your liability. I mean, I actually had that conversation one time with a manager who I knew. Uh, and he knew that I was he a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And, and I said, we were talking about the gun-free policy or whatever. And I said, so you guys going to assign me a private security guard to keep me safe while I'm in your building? He's like, what? I'm like, well, that's what you're basically essentially saying. You're saying that our building is so safe. Our building is so secure that we are guaranteeing your safety if you come in here. And by doing that, we're disallowing you to bring your firearm to protect yourself because you have no need for it. And he went, uh, no. I'm like, enough said? He went, enough said. I mean, that's it. Unless you are guaranteeing my safety, there is no way that I am not going to be able to protect myself or take the means to protect myself pretty much wherever I go. As I said, if you're with me, you're definitely not in a gun-free zone. And that's how I think most people should look at it. We are lawful, law-abiding citizens trying to do the right thing. And the powers that be want to make it so hard to do the right thing sometimes. I mean, it's that old adage. I remember seeing the first time I ever saw the bumper sticker. My dad had one. He had a stack of different stuff, but there was a bumper sticker in there that said, when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. Why? Because they're criminals. They break the law. But the double entendre in that, of course, is you could be an outlaw because you decided to keep your guns. 
And that's just the criminalization of the of, of lawful Americans by an arbitrary rule from the government. And uh, I'm trying to remember the old uh, the old quote um, when something when law becomes tyranny, resistance becomes, you know, when law becomes what is it? Uh, resistance is I can't remember. Basically, when they put out stupid laws, it is your duty to resist and to be civilly disobedient. And I think that's what it's going to come down to in a lot of these laws. I mean, America is very, we have a huge history of civil disobedience in this country for good reason, for absolutely good reason. All right. Um, we're going to go. Willie Waffles coming up next. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. I got a bunch of new imaging that I put together yesterday. I'm kind of excited about it. I didn't play the the penguin one. It's 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 fun. What the hell is an assault weapon? Does that mean that if we hurt your feelings, you should consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? <laughs> okay. We can accept that. Here's Michael Dukes. Kind of a dick, but somewhat funny. That wasn't the penguin one, but. <laughs> Listen to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're going to be pissed. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. <sighs> oh, I had I had fun yesterday, Keshu. Couldn't tell. All right. Well, I've been talking for an hour and forty-five minutes. What are what are you guys? What 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 comments? Questions? Let me go back here. See what else you guys have been talking about. Um, friends don't let friends discharge firearms in town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um. Kids do dumb stuff. Parents need to parent and not join the kid club. Hello? Yeah. Uh, Jerrica says, my dad has struggled with this. Sometimes he wonders if he did something wrong with my brother because he made choices that have landed him in jail multiple times, and I've never been arrested. I mean, kids, they just make choices. I mean, they you could have two kids raised exactly the same way. First of all, different personalities, different um, uh, different learning styles, different, all this kind of stuff. So you could raise them exactly the same within the same rules, the same framework, the same love, do everything else and have them go in completely opposite directions because, because, um, 
Uh, two kids can come. Oh, that's a jerk. It just goes on to say two kids can come from the same household, same rules, same opportunity, and they'll still walk different paths based on their choices. That's that's the thing. Um, let's see. The people know who individuals are dangerous, hold them responsible, and prosecute them. Again, that goes back to the whole thing about um, – that was the whole thing about the, you know, the the uh, Parkland thing. They knew this guy was dangerous. They knew it. I, I just, I just don't understand. Um, let's see. And not just older kids and adults. We have younger kids needing intervention. Help now, might keep them from exploding litter because they are eight, nine, ten, and they're patted on the head and sent on their way. Yes, if there's a problem, we need to address it now. Um, uh, going through here, a piece of paper with a law written on it is not going to stop an active shooter. I mean, that's the thing. Criminal, again, uh, the answer of always, well, we just need one more. If we had just one more law, boy, we'd boy, tell you what, jig golly, Bob, howdy, that would fix it with just one more law. Wait, uh, criminal, someone who doesn't operate the law. Um, all right. Um. Uh, when tyranny becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Thank you, Rob. That was what I was looking for. That was the quote. Uh, when tyranny becomes law, resistance become duty, becomes duty. And that's why Americans have such a history of civil disobedience. They have a proud history of civil disobedience. When a law is wrong, when a law is uh, unjust, when a law is just goes against basic common sense, you have a duty to resist it. A duty. Thank you, Rob. That was the quote. I don't know why. I got to do some Sudoku or something. Sometimes my brain just cannot pull the stuff from the Wayback Machine that I used to be able to all the time. Um, they get their way. They're going to ban knives after guns, just like UK. That's exactly it. I mean, UK, now chefs have got to have their knives registered, right? Because they've got 10-inch knives in their chef's bundle of knives. Oh, not because. No. Um, all right. Well, we're coming up on it here, folks. We're about uh, 35 seconds out. Uh, we're going to be jumping in with Willie Waffle. A little lighter side. A little, a little lighter side. I should change the... I should change the uh, I should change the lighting to make it the mood right. How about that? Oh, see, that's gonna be that's gonna be the Willie mood right there. We'll do that right there. All right, you guys ready? Uh, we're gonna jump into it. This is the this is the Willie mood lighting because it matches his scene. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Thank you for coming on board for Firearms Friday. Stick around for the movies. Now's the time to enjoy ourselves and go from here. Here we go. Willie Waffle. Phone's buzzing. Time to get it. Let's do it. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. Weekend. Yes, I know. It's here. I'm ready. Let's do it. 
we got to kick it off right, though. We can't do it without our friend Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com. Hello, my friend. Oh, baby, the weekend is here. I'm with you. The, the, the only thing I live for is the weekend anymore. Isn't that true? I mean, you know, yeah. Monday through Friday. And chocolate eh? and chocolate cake. Those are the only two things I live for these days. Oh, I know. But I know. you put the... You you put the chocolate cake into the weekend, and now you got yeah. a party. It's like Inception yeah. weekend, cake in weekend, in cake in weekend. It's pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> all right, well let's uh, let's dive into it with some news and entertainment to begin with. Uh, let's start off with the true sign that we are approaching the apocalypse, and that is, I love you, you love. <laughs> oh my God, the purple dinosaur is making a comeback. Yes, Mattel is going to unleash the purple Barney all over the world once again. Yes, they announced plans this week to resurrect the very kind and happy dinosaur. And, oh, they're going to go all out, baby, okay? This this is going to be like, like Marvel-level saturation, okay? They're going to have an animated series. They might have a movie. They're going to have YouTube videos. And, of course, merchandise. Merch. Lots and lots of merchandise. Merch. Yes. Yeah, and uh, just start counting down now. They're 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 announcing twenty twenty four is the year of the dinosaur. Okay, I mean, uh, all right. I, the show just kind of eked me out, even when my young kids were like watching it. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this is okay. Well, you know what's worse is I've seen the animated version of Barney that they're going to be peddling. Um, no, he just no. looks yucky. He does not look entertaining. He does not look lovable. He does not look like something I want a young child to be holding in her arms as she falls asleep at night. Okay, I don't know, great. man. I, it ain't going to be good. I'm it not, ain't going to be good. Not giving my kids any Barney toys. I mean, thank God they're all older now. <laughs> it's all good. Um, it is Firearms Friday, so I suppose we should talk about a little bit of firearms news. I think it's tangentially related, I guess. Alec Baldwin. This guy. Um, Alec Baldwin is going to actually finish the Rust movie. Now, I think that part of that probably is contractual obligation and some other stuff, right? I mean, at this point, he's there's a lot of stuff going on. There is a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, for people who are not aware, this is the movie where they had the tragedy where um, the, the, uh, the cinematographer uh, was accidentally killed uh when there was a a problem on the set with the uh with the firearms and the safety and uh what was loaded and what was not supposed to be loaded and uh yes even though that that tragedy happened yes even though there are criminal and civil cases being pursued all over this thing yes the producers and alec baldwin is one of them have decided to forge forward and finish the rust movie of course in cinematographer helena hutchins memory and yeah, yeah. they've gotten the blessing of the family because well, they're also going to do a documentary about her and her husband is going to be one of the producers which means he's going to profit share well that's the thing I, i'm sure the reason that they're okay with it is because there's going to be points on the movie and then everybody's going to want to watch it because there's a tragedy attached to it and i mean there's a whole thing about it not to be too crass but there's a whole thing about it as we go through but my understanding also is that they have now finally filed civil suit against uh, alec baldwin um and uh pointing out the whole you know fbi says there's no way you couldn't accidentally pull the trigger and blah 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 it's going to be a big deal i mean this is we're talking this is big money. Big, big hot money right now. 
Oh, absolutely, and and you know, I I have a feeling that that the that money is what's what's propelling them to try to finish the movie. Uh, that you know, we've already spent X amount of money. We need to recoup it somehow. If we can get this thing out there, maybe there's enough curiosity to to have enough people rent it online or go to theaters and watch it and make that money back. Um, you know, I have a feeling there wasn't insurance in place for something like this. You know, usually when you have a, a movie, like you you would insure your big actor like the rock there's an insurance policy on the rock and if something bad happens and they can't finish the movie the insurance company pays it off well nobody gets insurance on the on the cinematographer i'm sorry yeah no exactly so yeah he has to do the movie probably to be able to pay all these bills. That's probably what's yeah. going down. Yeah. Um, but man talk about bad taste i mean i just walk away just say, you know what, this was horrible. I, I, I am, I'm so sad that it happened. We're just going to put this to rest. But this isn't the first movie where things like this have happened. I mean, you know, there, there's the famous Twilight Zone uh, case, the movie right. where they had an act, actually, what, three actors die in an accident, and they finished that movie, and they released it, and it did not do well because it was tainted by all of this. Right. Uh, you know, what? what is it? Is it Plan 9 from Outer Space, like Bela Lugosi died partway into filming, and they just kept using the same shot of him over and over again? Right, right. No, that was the uh, that was the Twilight Zone, the helicopter crash. Yeah, that was a that was a big yeah. deal. I mean, it was a that was a big deal. Well, we'll see. Yeah, because the Twilight Zone was supposed to be a really big movie at the time. Yeah, and had one heck of a cast. Yeah, no, it uh, it was, and I don't even remember it at this point. So I don't know what that says exactly, but. There you go. All right. Well, Alec, we'll see what happens on this. The worst part is, is there's some other actors that I enjoy that are in this movie. So I guess I'll be guiltily watching it at one point. But um, I guess I'll wait for the streams. That's all I'm saying. I guess I'll wait for the streams. Um, I think that's probably where you're going to find it. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. I would agree on that. Okay. Back to the unofficial elsewhere verse in DC, Joker. Number two, Joker 2 is having some, uh, this is the Joaquin Phoenix thing, having some problems, having some problems. Oh, come on. I wrote a great headline for this. I'm going to use it. Okay. Joker Joker 2 is having a number one problem. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so there, there's been an issue on the, uh, on the set of the filming of the, the new Joker sequel. It is that the extras are complaining that, they are not allowed to do a number one when they need to. And that they are being berated when they ask for a bathroom break, even while they're taking an hour to set up cameras. And so if you were told to go nonstop for hours at a time without a, a little break or without any water because they don't want you to drink water so you need the other break, you might get angry. And therefore they did. <laughs> and if a, a, a complaint was filed with the Screen Actors Guild, and that union came down, and quote, some discussions were held, and oh, the yeah. situation has been rectified. Rectified. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, rectified. Yeah, rectif <laughs> rectified. Uh, yeah, when you file a SAG complaint, things go downhill quickly. Uh, <laughs> yes, they do. They, you, know, you, you know, unions can have some real power in this yeah. world, and, and that's what's happened here. Now we have real bathroom breaks and, and reasonable bathroom breaks. And you know what? If we're setting up cameras for half an hour and you need to run off to the, to the, to the porta potty 
you're more than welcome to do so now. Right. I mean, was this a director <laughs> problem? Was this a producer problem? Was there any any dope was, on that? It was really. It was really directors and 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 the uh, the crew that base that, that basically they wanted to get rolling as soon as everything was ready and not have to wait for people to come running back or have to adjust things. They just wanted them to stay in place so that everything could be set up exactly the way it was going to be and then start shooting scenes. Right. And you know, if when you do that, there's no chance for a break. There's no chance yeah. to you know. Yeah. You know, relieve oneself. Well, okay. Number two, having a number one problem, I can see how that would be that would be an issue. Uh, that does it for the uh, for the uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I mean, okay, uh, they're going out on tour together. Have fun. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> I could, you know, you couldn't pay me to go see Amy Poehler at this moment. She's. I just find her so distasteful in so many ways. Not really. That, not that she can't be funny. But that just her attitude towards people that she doesn't agree with is so corrosive. It's just like, I, I, yeah, just doesn't. Well, that that's true of all of Hollywood, though. It's true. It's true. I mean, you know, I mean you know, if there's one thing we've learned over the past several years, it's that people in Hollywood have very strong opinions. And if you don't agree with them, you're in trouble. Yeah. Because, you know, you're wrong. <laughs> well, we'll we'll see what happens uh, with that. And that, you know, I get we'll see how good, you know, everybody's doing live shows now. That's the way to do it. That's the way to make some money. Um, yeah. You can't make money on, on the royalties on the on the TV shows as much anymore. The syndication. Yeah. And yeah, we got to go. Hey, the, the record, all the all the rock stars and all the musicians are making their money out on tour because, you know, they're not getting the residuals the way they used to. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, it's a changing world out there. All right. Let's move on to the movies in the theater. There's actually movies in the theater. Two of them. We'll start off with yeah. uh, with Philip Marlowe, Detective Philip Marlowe, which. Many of us already know who this guy is, but uh, all right, give it to me. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, how many times do we have to do uh, have to do Marlowe? I mean, just you know, I mean Humphrey Bogart. I remember uh, what Powers Booth had an HBO series where he was he was uh, Philip Marlowe. I mean, you know, he's been played over and over and over again. And now it's Liam Neeson's turn, and uh, you know, in, in a very very traditional '30s film noir style, he's been hired by a sexy blonde woman to find her former lover. But of course, this is going to just draw him into a scandal. And I'm still trying to figure out the scandal. I'm not going to lie. This movie is not very well written, okay? I mean, yeah, you've got you've got you know Diane Kruger playing the the, the sexy blonde. You've got uh, you know uh, what you've got the corrupt bigwig played by Alan Cumming. You've got a crazy villain uh, like the sleazy nightclub owner played by Danny Houston. You got Jessica Lange who plays like the mother who's really nosy and trying to pull all the strings. You have this crazy cast where lots of action could happen, lots of exciting things could happen, and, and there's there's no exciting. Yeah. There's no pop. There's no sizzle. <laughs> it's just like you're just sitting there going, "When is something going to happen?" And and I don't know if you've noticed this, but Liam Neeson is not exactly the most expressive actor. Yeah, I mean, when you when you say you know <laughs> when you say uh, Perry Mason, excuse me, when you say uh, uh, Philip Marlowe, you don't think of Liam Neeson as the guy who would be Philip Marlowe, right? I mean, it just that just kind of right. yeah, no, that just doesn't kind of make sense. Well, you know, and then there's this whole idea that yes, he's a world weary character. You know, he's he's seen the rougher side of things, but you know, you don't have to take it to comatose levels, okay? Yeah. Like you don't have to have me sitting there in the theater going, dude, can I throw you a red ball? 
Yeah, exactly. Could you wake up? I will say that's exactly the opposite. I said Perry Mason because that's the uh, there was an HBO series called Perry Mason that was uh, yes, and that was excellent. The guy who played it was yeah. very very good. It's excellent, excellent series. Um, and so yeah, I just don't see Liam Neeson being Philip Marlowe on this. But a negative one to four waffles. Where are we sit? We're sitting at one waffle. All right, the big one: Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantum mania in theaters. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. Oh, God, here it comes. I just, you know what? Maybe Marvel's running out of steam, baby. Oh, no. This whole idea oh, no. of the multiverse. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe the, the beginning of the end. Okay, so, so here we go. All right. So we have, we have Ant-Man. You know, and it's post Avengers Endgame, and he's trying to get back into the real world. And you know, he's he's you know the goofy, the goofy adventure, the adventure who doesn't have a lot of money. So he's writing an autobiography, and people always call him Spider Man because he's not like one of the premier Avengers. Right, right. And you know, he is he's now uh, you know hanging out with with you know Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer and his daughter, and the daughter is of course a genius who's invented like this quantum microscope which sucks them all into the quantum universe right right and there they there and there they find a new villain kang played by jonathan majors and bill murray <laughs> bill murray is in the quantum verse uh I, oh, I really like the ant-man <laughs> movies i just enjoy kind of the fun ride i'm not looking for anything super deep um, how are we doing in comparison to the other Ant-Man movies? Is it good, bad? I mean, what, what, what are we looking at yeah, here? I'm with you. I liked the other Ant-Man movies because I do like the idea of the superhero who's struggling. You know, I think we all relate to Spider-Man. We all relate to Ant-Man. He's just some dude who got lucky with these powers and now is trying to do the right thing. We can root for that. But this thing is just so convoluted. I mean, you know, we, you know, first of all, Jonathan Major steals the movie. Let's just be honest. I mean, as Kang, he is a very good villain. Right. And, and it looks like they're going to rely on this guy uh, for the next several movies and, and other TV series. Um, there's hints of that in the after credits or the after, uh, yeah, the credits, the mid credit scenes. Right. Uh, they, they make that very clear. Uh, you know, also, we, uh, we do, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to give away too much but there is a a i i would say more of an introduction for another big disney plus series that happens in the after uh, in the in the credits <laughs> in the credit scenes okay uh, i'm not going to give away what it is because i don't want people to hate me because you're already going to hate me when i say that i just don't think ant-man is working in this movie i mean you know they're, they're all separated they're running around this weird universe that looks like some sort of cross between like willy wonka's chocolate factory and the star wars cantina and not in like the cool ways uh, you know it's it's visually right. just kind of just grating on me Break it. Uh, you know, I, Break. I, I'm going one waffle. Oh. One waffle. Oh, oh my. Oh, my. we got to leave it there, folks. We're out of time. Willie, thanks for coming in and joining us, folks. We will talk with you on Tuesday. Remember, I'm off on Monday. Have a great weekend. One waffle for a Marvel movie. Yeah. It's not a good look, man. That's not a good look at all. Yeah, I mean, and, and the movie, I mean, like, 
everybody has like their own little adventure because they all get separated and the whole point of the movie is you know ant-man is gonna find his daughter and he's not gonna he's not gonna put up with being separated from her again just like he was during the blip and you know he spends most of the movie just like where's my daughter dude like you're gonna find her in the end i have a feeling yeah. I, mean, you know, it's, 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 I know how it's this a movie it's, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna work out you know uh you know and, and bill murray just is being bill murray and and yes yeah. that that is very entertaining but i've seen him do this act already this is why he tries to do other things this is why he tries to do dramatic movies and frankly he, he he's probably now stuck being bill murray forever and ever and ever because he's not going to get hired for other movies now right right because this is his whole thing the whole deal now is bill murray well, just being bill murray thing. yeah and 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 he is he is now he has now been he has now been uh canceled in in our culture because of incidents that happened on on his last movie yeah. where they basically shut down the movie and this is because you've been a bad boy and and i'm sure and, and i don't want to be i don't want to make that i don't want to like make that sound you know small or inconsequential it sounds like he was a real jerk and and yes he deserved to be punished for what he did uh but you know he's not going to get hired much anymore it's over right well uh, hope he made a lot of money. That's all I could say, which I think he's probably, we don't have to worry too much about. But, you know, I hope he did it. But yeah. one waffle for the Ant-Man and the Wasp. All right. I feel bad. Feels bad, man. Feels bad. Yeah. Um, There's always hope next week, man. There's oh, always hope next week. It, you, know what, you know what next week is? What's next week? <laughs> Cocaine bear. <laughs> oh, this is, we're not going to make it, are we? people i mean this is uh this is the comedy i need right now okay God. this is right up there with violent night okay the, the 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 crazy santa claus movie from for this christmas okay winnie the pooh I, blood I, and honey i mean yes. it's oh which which you know i can't wait so you know they did a very limited one night only release of of winnie the pooh blood and honey uh just the other night mm-hmm. uh and they're gonna take it they're gonna take it to streaming very soon i really 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 want to see this i hear it's so horrible <laughs> horrible that you've got to just witness it once you've got to watch how bad it is just to see to experience (laughs) it for yourself well let me give you my surprise hit for the for the week um okay oh by the way we talked about ghosts last week and i figured out that yes something was going on with my streaming on paramount plus the app itself it kept telling me that it was over and and I realized that if I went back to actually the episode list, I could see that there was a whole nother season. I had no idea that there yeah. was a whole other. So it was anyway, every time I'd end an episode, it'd be like, okay, that's it. Next, we're going to play something else. And I'm like, oh, it's over, you know, kind of thing. Anyway, fantastic show. Still ghosts, still yeah. loving it, still loving it. But I discovered something else just browsing through Jeremy Clarkson of Top Gear fame. Right. Top Ooh. Gear, Jeremy uh-huh. Clarkson, yeah. you know, just grumpy old, uh, just so, you know, so funny. I loved Top Gear. I thought Clarkson was the best as far as everything went there. He's got a new series on Amazon called Clarkson's Farm. He's owned a oh he's owned a thousand acre farm in the Cotswolds in England since like 2008. And he had an old farmer that was basically running the whole place for him. And last year, no, not last year, 2019, the farmer told him, I'm retiring. And he was done with Top Gear and the new Grand Tour and everything else. And he said, well, I'll, I'll farm it then. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go out and farm it. And I it, could do this. And it, it, it <laughs> is one of the most, my wife is like, I didn't think I was going to be enjoying this. She goes, this is hysterical. Uh, watching Jeremy oh. Clarkson make a total ass out of himself. 
half the time and doing all this stuff. And it's just it's just a fantastic piece. I really, really enjoy it. Uh, it's got two seasons up on Amazon uh, and it's called Clarkson's Farm. If you like Jeremy Clarkson, you know, and he's an acquired I taste. Do. I'm sure some people, you know, whatever. It is fantastic. You should go watch it. Not uh, not safe for work language, by the way. They don't bleep anything. <laughs> so just, well, you know. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, no, and I'm going to throw out. So you know what mine is? It just premiered this week on what, Paramount+. Plus. What's that? Star Trek Picard Season 3. <laughs> The oh, final wow. season. The final season. They're going to make it work. They're going to make it happen. All right. If it, I'm telling you, after the first episode, this is going to be awesome. This <laughs> is going to be I fantastic. Haven't, I haven't watched any of the episodes of that yet. I guess I should put it on my watch list and get to it. I'm a Star Trek fan, but, you know, I just, I, you know, I don't know. I started rewatching The Expanse last week just because I was looking for something to watch. My wife was had a headache and was laid down, and I was like, what up? I... I started watching The Expanse again. I'm like, oh, this is so good. Oh, my gosh. I could just watch this forever. But, uh, yeah, I'll have to put Star Trek on my watch list. Star Trek Picard, third season. Yes. Are they dropping them a third week season. at a time? Yeah, one week at a time, man. It's going to be a long, long hate, hate winter, my life. but it's okay. Hate my life. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Clarkson's Farm and Picard season three. Willie, thanks, my friend, for coming on board and joining us. We appreciate it. You got it next week. Cocaine bear. Cocaine bear. Cocaine bear. All right. Uh, thank you, my friend. Folks, again, I am off on Monday for Pray in My House. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. I hope you enjoy yourselves. Relax. We will see you next week. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show